Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. On today's episode, we are answering your questions. That's right. It's another Ask Going In Raw. We're going to be talking about the bloodline. We're going to be talking about Bray Wyatt. We're going to be talking about NXT, uh, MJF. I'm just looking and through all the questions here. And yeah. then at the very end, we'll take them all. We're going to speed round uh, all the ones that we didn't answer properly in longer form. Correct. Uh, so that's what's going on today. Uh, next Wednesday, of course, we're doing the exact same thing. It's our normal Wednesday routine now is doing this ass going in raw. Uh-huh. And if you want to get your question, possibly like a headline type question, we read your name and we say which question is. Uh, you can uh, attempt to do that at the uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, $5 and up. Or for YouTube channel members, all you got to do is click join, and then you'll have access to the questions thread for Wednesday and then also for the recap shows as well. Uh, you also get access to uh, participating in the big, big red predictions WrestleMania challenge coming up April 1st and 2nd for, of course, WrestleMania. Uh, so, uh, yeah, right now, Angelic Wolf is our big red predictions challenge, uh, winner from AEW revolution. Mania is around the corner. We're doing it again. I'm going to see if Angelic Wolf will be able to hold on to that big red predictions challenge. Ooh, that's a tough task. Yes, that is a tall task considering the number of matches on the mania card, the number of participants, uh, that we had just for revolution. I'm sure it's only going to increase. So, uh, best of luck to everybody. That's going to take part in it for WrestleMania. Best of luck to Angelic Wolf uh, uh, defending that title. And I'm just hoping this month I get close. Oh, yeah. Close to being in contention. The last two times we've done it, nowhere close. It was just, I mean, you know, at least I can, can, you know, hang my hat on having beat you and Enforcer this last time. Yeah. Last but, two times because uh, you were one of the three that got the extra bonus point coming out of. I know. Chamber. As soon as we open it up to everybody else, I start. I start uh, dominating Al. But yeah, doesn't it's matter. Because you do I'm good still... on the prop bets. That's what it is. Yeah, man. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? You did really well booking your first wrestling oh, show the you. other day, Lars. Because yesterday, I want us to shout out. We had a huge audience. We did for my GM. Uh, we're going to put up like a, a bunch of that stuff. I don't know if we're going to put it up at Friendo wrestling or if we're going to put it up on, like, I've got a gaming channel just sort of waiting to oh, yeah, put yeah. up nothing but gaming stuff. Maybe yeah. we'll, I don't know where we're going to do it, but, uh, we're going to put up, uh, that stuff, uh, officially, uh, somewhere, but it was a lot of fun. So thanks everybody for hanging out with us yes. yesterday for that. Cause that was cool. Um, so yeah, man, let's go ahead and dive in. What's our first question today? Uh, this first question is from Lahue. FTW, apologies, got the name wrong. but Lehu? Lehu, could be Lehu. Uh, the question is, do you think the Bloodline story is falling victim to pacing? 
Sammy's mm-hmm. story is over, but would have been more impactful for it to conclude with a loss at Mania instead of introducing a new contender so close to WrestleMania. What say you, Steve, here? Well, we talked about this pretty extensively yesterday. I think it has to do, number one, I don't think that's that's the case. I don't think that it's fallen victim kind of to anything. I think that WrestleMania is going to be huge. I think it's going to be massive. I think that expectations have been built up so high because of the intrigue that we've been witness to over the past three or four months or whatever with the tension within the group and, and, and this nail-biting story every single week. That's gone now. That's missing. And I do think that there is something to be said for, you know, for them having executed that so perfectly in the first place. But once Elimination Chamber went down where Sammy and Roman had their blow-off, basically, um, at that point, once Sammy's out of the bloodline, a lot of the tension just sort of got, you know, let out because of what happened at, Elimin- at Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. That story beat had to come up eventually. Now, I do kind of take issue with how some of the story has played out since then because I feel like some of the some of the execution and the staging of how it was before has has gone away a little bit. For example, the way uh, the big Jey Uso turn on Sammy went down and the way that was staged, I feel like that could have been done a little bit better. But the tension between Sammy, Jay, and Roman was so tight and and it was so intriguing that couldn't sustain because you need a new story beat. You have to do you know, you have to to bring things to its natural conclusion. If they had kept that going, now we'd be asking the question, are they extending this too long? Um, so I think that Mania is going to be huge. I think that right now what's happening is just some more necessary story beats to get us there. I And so I don't know. You could could you call it pacing? I don't know. But it it seems it is a little bit. It's it's it has cooled off a little bit on the road to WrestleMania, but I kind of expected, especially over the next two or three weeks leading into mania for it to heat up quite a bit more. Kevin Owens was left laying in a, in a puddle of his own vomit and, uh, and Sami Zayn was nowhere to be found. Uh, Roman's going to be showing up. Probably I would suspect on more episodes of the weekly programming I mean, leading up to WrestleMania on Monday. Let's see if it actually happens. Right. He was like, cause yeah, you're cause he was advertised for SmackDown yeah, on Friday as well. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think there's ebbs and flows to every story. You know, the idea of Sammy getting into the bloodline in the first place was fraught with tension. He was in there and then you get to coast for a little while and you see some stuff simmering, but then the tension really starts to kick up a lot more uh we, we've seen that already so now i think we're in a lull and it's going to kick back up over the next couple of weeks you know i wonder if this cooling uh, if you will um has to do with the fact that i think given how the story has played out it would make sense it would be logical and it would probably be a satisfying conclusion if some member either current or past of the bloodline were to be the one to topple roman mm-hmm. um and and when sammy was super hot, super over people were behind him to be that person, even though that's not really his story. Right. Yeah. If anybody in the bloodline should be the one to topple Roman, it is Jay Uso mm-hmm, and nobody yeah. else. Um, and if, if, if Jay was in a position to be that person, I think this story would still have the same level of intrigue that it did, uh, in the months prior. But since a lot of the, the, as you mentioned, the intrigue, the tension that was going with the bloodline story, has subsided because Sammy's arc with Roman has concluded. Um, now it just feels like, uh, uh, for, for the most part, inevitable. Well, we know Sammy and Kevin Owens are going to take on the Usos at WrestleMania. We know Cody is probably going to beat Roman uh, at Mania for the belts. There's just not that level of tension. Like, oh, what is going to happen next? Yeah, right. Um, it seems at this point they've transitioned from telling a deeply textured, rich, layered story to all right, now this has got to be settled in a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. And and as we mentioned on, on the Raw recap, it does, there's still a bit of a disconnect, at least in terms of WB, maybe does things in terms of how, and there's we'll talk about this more in the next question because this is what the next question is all about. How to translate certain storytelling mechanics to the tropes of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, just, it feels like a lot of the 
more interesting aspects of the story we're just kind of settled at elimination chamber now okay we got to build to this match that we want wb wants at wrestlemania between cody and roman um uh, and 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 we're putting all our energy behind that um so it's it's just a, a matter of them kind of veering off from the bloodline story as we knew it for several months to cody and roman trying to work cody into that story i guess that's the best they thought they could having him kind of recruit sammy and kevin owens to kind of be allies to take out the bloodline um it just it just doesn't feel nearly as organic as everything that preceded it and you know sammy up until elimination chamber his story was so incredibly over he was so incredibly over yeah yeah and even though cody is incredibly over i think kind of writ large maybe more than sammy was sammy was still kind of the heart and soul of that story Mm -hmm. you know he was the character that a lot of people empathized with Mm -hmm. and to not see him as involved i don't know maybe maybe from some people's perspective it's like uh just isn't the same now i don't think yeah i i I, sammy sammy was clearly more over than than cody is now cody is over look it's it's one of those things where and 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 some people i've heard and we've talked about this before compared to daniel bryan and it's not that it's not daniel bryan 2014 it's not that because people do really like cody like I, I, I went back and watched his winded promo yeah. uh, from the other day, and he is still over. But just the fact that we've lived with the Sammy J. Roman storyline for so long, he was he was much more over in an organic way as well as you as you say. Um, but I, I've never I've never personally felt that Sammy's story was to beat Roman. I've never no. felt that Jay's story was to beat Roman. I think that they both more so Jay need to be <clears throat> mainly Jay needs to be integral in Roman's downfall. The case for Jay to beat Roman is that Rome. You could say, well, you look at Jay and he's like, oh, he's had the tag title for 600 days. He's been wildly successful as a member of bloodline, but at what it cost mm, Roman yeah. took everything from him. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jay's having a wildly successful career, but as a man, he is absolutely broken. Mm-hmm, yeah, in that sense, who better to take the thing that matters most to Roman than Jay? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess a case could be made for that. Um, I, I, I could, I could look at the story a little closer and, and maybe come up with a counter to that. But I mean, no, that's that's it's a great point. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that, like with any story, and it's funny because now we sit here talking about it. You know, you could think of any great TV show. And think about peaks and valleys. There are episodes that run that are, you know, rife with tension. And then there's always going to be a little bit of a lull. And then as things get set up again, Mm -hmm. well, with weekly wrestling, you get, you know, however many minutes of a segment as opposed to a full 45 minute Mm -hmm. episode of a TV show that's dedicated exclusively to that one story. Wrestling is a little bit different. You got to tell a little bit different. And uh, and so maybe it is maybe it's a victim of its own ambition, you know, or maybe it's just this is natural lull in the story. You have to do this kind of stuff. Now, one thing that I mentioned on Monday as well is you also can't predict like, you know, contractually was Roman Reigns supposed to be there on Friday? Would there would there have been a different story beat? Mm -hmm. Has this happened before where, you know, Roman probably they were expecting to have him and they're expecting to tell a big story beat and then they didn't. We also don't know, like backstage what's going on with. Um, you know, it's like when you have a whole group of actors to film 10 weeks, you know, for 10 weeks of, of a season of television or however long that goes, three months or whatever it is. Um, that's a bit different than, you know, week to week. You expect somebody to show up and then for whatever reason that doesn't happen. They have to, like, you know, reexamine where they're going to use Roman's contractual obligations. Mm-hmm. Um, that also could play into into the bloodline stuff. But I mean, look, you know, they've got a guy in Cody Rhodes whose return was huge. Uh, his, 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 his first return to WWE was huge. Then he, he had this amazing moment with the peck and then he leaves and his second return is huge. If you're WWE, you roll with this story. You roll with Cody Rhodes. You do. And the crowd loves him. Yeah. And that's that, that's it. You know, that, that's what you do. And you find a way you know, for Sami Zayn, who really, I don't think really should have been the guy to dethrone Roman anyways. Um, you roll with him 
And given that his history within the bloodline more had to do with Jey Uso than it did with Roman Reigns, that's the story at WrestleMania as well. I mean, a case could be made. Maybe you just say, screw the tag titles and do a, a solo bout between Sammy and Jay. I don't know. But uh, but no, I don't know. I, you got the tag titles in there. It's it's family versus family. I think it's I think it's kind of perfect. I think the story's kind of perfect. We're just in a store. We're just in a in a lull of tension right now, which I think they probably could have executed a bit better than they're doing right now. But that's just because the bar has been set so high and the ambition yeah. was so great. Yeah. Again, it's a situation and this is what the whole next question about is about. Uh, are there are there limits to wrestling storytelling to make it believable that this whole thing can and should be settled in a, in a wrestling match? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Um, and especially when you talk about Jay and Sammy, What's, there's so much going on there that this seems to settling it in, in, in the ring just seems inadequate, underwhelming. There's so much more going on there than than than, than to see them just fight over it. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna push to see what they do over the next couple of weeks. I think they can get us to the point where we really oh do they could. I'm the same based on what we've seen so far. You know, like yeah, Jay turns on them. Sammy hasn't responded at all. Mm-hmm. You know. So we might as well get to this next question because it kind of does tells with this conversation we're having now. Uh, Timor asked, you mentioned with Bray how his storylines can only go so far before it's too much because in the end it will involve running ropes. Mm. What is the line before a storyline can't really end with just running ropes? So I guess like, can we, can we, can we qualify uh, wrestling storylines to an extent that we can say, all right, this is the, 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 the incident, the moment, the fulcrum, which, which, it goes. It transcends beyond the the tropes of wrestling storytelling into something much richer. Boy, um, so are you was, looking for like? Yeah, go ahead. So go I ahead. thought of a couple examples. I was out in the garage lifting weights. I got the mind to going. Yeah, and uh, so I thought of two two stories that I generally regard as some of the great stories in wrestling history. That mm-hmm. one definitely made sense to end at a wrestling match, and the second you could say, okay, it makes sense to end at a fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. First one that made all the sense in the world. In fact, if it didn't end the wrestling match, it would make no sense. And that's the story of Daniel Bryan rising up, you know, being, you know, getting super over the yes movement. Yeah, right. The whole point of that story is him proving that he's not a B plus player. Mm -hmm, And to prove that he kind of needs to win the title. Mm -hmm, That needed to be settled in the ring because that story is about competition Mm -hmm. and proving that he is worthy of being the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I thought about the mega powers. Yeah. And and th- how they fell apart, um, it made sense for them to fight. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now you could say, should they be running ropes and dropping leg drops, or they should should they be fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. kind of splitting hairs, I would think. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And I'm trying it's to fist, think. It's still fisticuffs, of exactly. Some sort. And the way they, yeah. you know, they they booked the Gargano Champa stuff in NXT when they started their series of matches, none of them were a standard match. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. It was yeah. fights. Yeah, that happened yeah. to take place in, in uh, during a wrestling show. 
You know, I, I got an I got an I got an example. Huh. Uh, back in what was it, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand one, I guess. Uh, ownership over WWE. There's no way in. in oh yeah. <laughs> there's no way. You know, it's like uh, Survivor Series and all that kind of shit. The invasion. There's no way that should have been. That should have been in the courtrooms. Well, you it's know? sort of like uh, Eddie and Ray in the ladder match over custody of Dom. That should have. Been oh my God! In a no, match. that is a great point. That's you know? probably tops. Custody of a child uh, uh, in a ladder match. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> no, that is definitely no. that's definitely crossing a line right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean those are obvious ones. I think, but in terms of a storyline like the Bloodline one, that's grounded in. The reality that's presented by WWE, mm-hmm. you know, they don't take any leaps of logic like, hey, custody of a child could be one via ladder match, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. a huge leap of logic. Same with yeah. ownership of a company. You know, I mean, because the, the genesis of the, the genesis of this question, it's it's the it's it's Bray Wyatt we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. Right. And I'll be honest, like the fiend itself. He shouldn't be running ropes. He shouldn't. I don't think the fiend actually literally in matches ran very many ropes. He was more of a stalk a guy, break his neck, stick his hand down his throat. No, I don't remember offhand Fiend doing the fun splash, but that's a regular move at Bray Wyatt's arsenal. Yeah, he's done. No, he does. Look, he does wrestling moves, but uh, but the I mean, silliness. Probably be running the ropes, so that's why I bring it up. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah they weren't putting on any Matt classics, I don't think. No. Little bell locks, but um, but I, yeah, Bray Wyatt stuff is interesting because you think about how wonderfully. You know, the the Randy Orton 2017 stuff was and all the the dynamic talk about tension, you know, the stuff with Luke Harper and Mm -hmm. Randy Orton. And I know you and I both felt that they missed a couple story beats between Randy Orton being totally cool with him. And then all of a sudden, Randy Orton burning his house down. He had infiltrated and then he burned the house down. There really should have been some additional story beats in there. Uh, But it was really compelling stuff. And Mm -hmm. for them. And you know they did, wasn't it? Was it Bray and Orton in the uh, that the, the cinematic match the uh, that we were there for? Yeah, yeah, yeah that the, was Bray uh, and Orton. House of yeah. Horrors match, whatever it's called. Right, the House of Horrors match. I feel like the House of Horrors match is kind of how you should probably settle a Bray Wyatt feud. It's just it lends itself to a short film. Everything that he does, you know, you stage it as a play in front of everybody. And you can add stuff like, for example, Orton versus Harper to determine who's going to be Bray Wyatt's number one guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have wrestling matches that are that, that that happen along the way. But the blow off being in a, in a, in a match where there's a bunch of like, you know, uh, uh, bugs on projected onto the mat. It's not compelling in the least. No, especially when Bray Wyatt promised demonic powers. Right. And you think and you think that. uh, uh and and that's the thing about the the Cena stuff is that the the Firefly Funhouse was a brilliant piece of of wrestling film. Mm-hmm. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt. That's why we had such that conversation about Bray Wyatt. There was such an in depth conversation about Bray Wyatt yesterday. The, the clip is on the Friendo Club Wrestling Channel right now. Um, is that it? There is a distinct line that they need to figure out. Because having silly gimmick matches like the Mountain Dew one, it just that ain't gonna. It's not gonna be a satisfying thing. Even if you have Uncle Uncle Howdy up there doing a silly splash onto L.A. Knight and it's filmed improperly, and yeah, you can see he missed L.A. Knight by a good three feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the Bloodline story and Bray Wyatt stuff are obviously two drastically different approaches to stories and different storytelling, different stories entirely. Yeah, but you know, you, you can make the argument that both kind of push the limits of how matches can lead to satisfying conclusions of storylines. Mm, More yeah. so, Bray, but you know, the argument could be there that that given how rich the bloodline story is, settling it in a wrestling ring is like okay, well, yeah, all right. Mm. Um, but Bray stuff, yeah, like I always go back to Hell in the Cell against Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. There is a very specific point they were trying to make with Bray Wyatt at the time as the Fiend. This is what his second match as the Fiend after he beat Finn at SummerSlam. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they were trying to make him a horror movie villain. You're right. Yeah. And and Seth was realizing as the match was going on, no matter what he threw at him, he was mm-hmm. the Fiend was getting back up. Mm-hmm. So he had yeah. to resort to more drastic and more violent ways of keeping him down got to the point where it was attempted murder and the ref's like, okay, this is going too far. This has to stop, which mm-hmm, in yeah. any sort of real world scenario, yeah, 
Makes all the sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. But since as wrestling fans were conditioned for matches to play, especially Hell in a Cell matches, to play out a certain way where there's, by the nature of the rules of the match, there's no DQ. Mm. You don't just stop the match. It, 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 it just the, the, the nature and architecture of wrestling storytelling runs counter to what they were trying to accomplish with that. So yeah. then you have people saying, oh, this is awful. Why do you have this match end uh, with referee stoppage when this just doesn't happen, even though it happened the year prior um, yeah. in Hell in a Cell? Um, yeah. this, this sucks. So it's, it's a situation where they're trying to make efforts to build a character up mm-hmm. in The Fiend to be a scary motherfucker. Yeah, right. And because that uh, 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 approach to telling that story ran counter to how we are used to wrestling happening, mm-hmm. um, then there was that disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was right. that dissonance, yeah. and people are like, this sucks. Yeah, and it it, it, go, it went, to, I thought that was a situation where to the larger wrestling audience, it just, it went too far and it became, you know, not a wrestling thing anymore. The Bray Wyatt, one of the things, one of the Bray Wyatt things that worked really well, like within the context of wrestling ring, and again, they sort of, they made, they, they rushed the ending a bit, but it was a decent ending was the, the Daniel Bryan stuff mm-hmm. the real, when he had to join the Wyatt yeah, yeah. family. Yeah. I thought Bray Wyatt worked really well as a cult leader yeah. um, because cults are, you know, wrestling has factions yeah. and, and within the faction, I mean, you see that now with the bloodline, obviously, and within factions, you can have dice, you know, dissent, you can have, uh, you know, people trying to usurp power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I thought that the, you know, the Wyatt family, I thought, was a really again untapped you also have to wonder just how much of it you know just how much of bray's vision for this stuff for all we know bray wyatt has just amazing ideas for how to blend wrestling and his horror movie ideas and it's just maybe the people above him that i that was kind of my theory on vince all those years was that vince was like i you just look man we're you, you you can only go so far. At the end of the day, this is pro wrestling and you got to run ropes. And maybe Bray Wyatt was like, well, yeah, but if you give me the creative liberty to do this, because I really appreciated that when people were, when The Fiend was done with people or Bray Wyatt was done with people, they would change. Finn had a heel turn. Yeah. Seth had a heel yeah. turn. They would fundamentally change. I always loved that idea. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if, if Vince McMahon had the same faith in Bray Wyatt that he did in like, for example, The Undertaker, but I think with Bray Wyatt, it would take a much bigger leap of faith um, to be like, okay, we're going to let you play with the biggest toys we have. And and it's kind of a risk, and it's not what Vince McMahon knows as wrestling. And I think it went against his very sort of being to do um, that. I'll play devil's advocate here. I don't know what the situation is, but I guess the counter to that would be someone who has a wealth of ideas, maybe even great ideas but doesn't know exactly how to put it all together. Um, the first example that pops in my mind is Richard Kelly, director of Donnie Darko. Sure, yeah. Where you yeah. see that movie apparently played at Sundance. Uh, I think a distributor got the rights to it, and they re-edited it. Yeah, right. And what was released is a really good movie, the initial version. Yeah. You yeah. see the director's cut, and it's a fundamentally different film and nowhere near as good. You yeah. got a movie like Southland Tales, which is a, 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 an ambitious mess, to say the least. Mm-hmm, yeah. Is there some interesting ideas in there? Sure. Are they buried under a bunch of crap? Yeah. Um, yeah. And at no point has Richard Kelly, as a filmmaker, been able to replicate the success he had with Donnie Darko after it was re-edited. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And so since we don't know the creative process involving Bray whatsoever, we don't know of a situation where he could be basically a, a, a wrestling auteur, but his vision, he, like the wrestling Orson Welles, someone who's got brilliant ideas and can put together... Mm-hmm. Can, change the very language of, of wrestling storytelling as you know it, if mm-hmm. only someone would give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a situation where he's got such great ideas, but doesn't really, hasn't found a way to fit everything together in a way that's cohesive. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. What we've yeah. seen so far with what's going on now that Triple H is in charge, I, it hasn't really helped answer that question a whole lot. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of the same habits it, we dude, see it, now. It, it, it plays it, it it plays into that theory that Bray Wyatt might be the Richard Kelly of wrestling, um, which by the way he has not done a movie since the box. That was a long time ago. It was two thousand nine. Yeah, has he done a TV nuts. or anything? No, he's huh. he did he produced one movie after this, some goofy ass movie called Operation Endgame. 
which I think has Zach Galifianakis in it and uh, like Alan Barkin and hmm. was that, Rob Cordry. <laughs> What's weird? Um, Lugal produced that one. <laughs> it's got Lugal in it. Yeah. Um, now that look that that's a, that's entirely possible, and it might be probable given that we were like, oh man. Bray Wyatt with, you know, Triple H letting him do what he's going to do. Maybe his maybe even with Triple H cuz Triple H, you know, his mentor is Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he Triple H is rewriting wrestling. No. He's just being more logical about shit that because yeah. Vince stopped being that. Yeah. Uh maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe with Bray it's like uh I don't know. I don't know. I I I have no idea. It's entirely possible that even Bray hasn't figured out that particular algorithm. Um, but uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll do something. Maybe he'll do something cool at uh, at WrestleMania. I don't know. So much of his ideas are so cool. Yeah. And so much of his presentation is great. But you got to stick the landing at some I point. I know you have you to stick to the landing. You know what you're doing. You have to stick the landing more often than not. I get the feeling that like maybe he just needs to be take it back to a little bit of simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, let's tell a story where it totally is, is normal to run ropes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you got to do. Yeah. Uh, before we continue with these questions, we did get a super chat right here on the YouTube from Alex Silva says, I feel like Sammy's going to challenge the Usos for the belts and then ask Kevin Owens to be his partner. And Kevin Owens will still say no. It's probably going to lead to mania if he will. If uh, if will he or won't he show up to the uh, tag match with Sammy? I think that's a possibility. That's, that that's possible. one way to get a huge pop. Yeah. Is he's losing and then like they're going to nail the moments at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have any I don't have much doubt about that. The go homes Be- lately under Triple H have been pretty good too. Yeah, and there's so much history and story to work with. Yeah, that even if they kind of fumble the end, they'll nail the moments at WrestleMania because there's a lot they can reference. And there's a yeah, lot of they kind of write themselves. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a question here from Patrick Kennedy. Patrick asks, what are the odds that we see Finn Balor as world champion again? I feel like he'd be great with only a one-day reign as the first universal champion. Needs another shot. Steven, one word. Give me one word. What are the odds that Finn Balor becomes a world champion again? Yeah! Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that uh, that they're going to split the titles after Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. My idea of Cody just burning himself out and having to defend on both Raw and SmackDown. Like well, he actually the had titles. a quote about that recently where he said uh, he's in favor of splitting the titles. Yeah. And he says basically it's up to management to do it. Yeah, he says he doesn't want he doesn't want to be put in a position where either him or Roman have to decide which one they want. Yeah, which is his way of saying, you know, management should do it. But I like the idea that it's like, hey, look, we're not going to take one of these titles from you because you won them both. But we are going to split them. There's going to be separate number one contenders on both shows. And you're going to be defending them as if you're two people. Mm-hmm. And then Cody Rhodes goes through Rawgate and you get two Cody Rhodes. Oh, I'm very gosh. happy about that. Um, Talking about a nightmare. So once they are split. Uh, dude, here's the thing. All signs <clears throat> point to Triple H loving the Judgment Day, and they and are getting Finn over. And Finn Balor, they are getting so over with the crowd. Um, and uh, you know they love Rhea Ripley. They hate Dominic Mysterio. They get the big reactions, and uh, and yeah, I think that once he split the titles. Finn Balor rocking that WWE title or the Universal title, and maybe making the strap purple. And mm. uh, and Rhea Ripley with the uh, SmackDown Women's Title, I think that could be really cool shit right there, man. I think that could be really really good, and I, yeah. I, I could I could totally see it happening. Yeah, and I hope it does happen. Um, uh, you know, there was that spell where they just booked Finn as generic smiling babyface. Oh God, the entirety of his of his main roster run For the was kind of yeah. that. Yeah, and they went to NXT and had an opportunity kind of re- to reinvent himself. There was elements of of Prince Devitt some of his work in new Japan there, but it wasn't like he was leaning exclusively on his past. We talked about that as well. Recently, yeah. he said that that the plan was to do the way he, he is now to do that in NXT and then yeah. like COVID or whatever. Fuck yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so seeing the work he's doing now, reinventing his character, there's elements again of Prince Devitt, but it's not just that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a different kind of scumbag now than he was, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, as leader of bullet club. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen him cussing anybody out of press conferences yet. Right. Maybe that's to come. I don't know. There's no, yeah, there's no footage of him at restaurants chopping people, you know. No. You know, he's not Randoms. sitting on someone's back reading a newspaper. 
<laughs> that that would be a good one. That's pretty great. You could um, do that. So yeah, I, I hope he gets another opportunity to run as uh, uh, with a run as as champion. Um, he's been putting in some some awesome awesome work. Mm-hmm. Um, Judgment Day is getting super over. The chemistry between all the members is great. Yeah. Um, so it'd be it would be a bummer if they didn't they didn't give him another shot. But the talent the the roster's so deep. There's like six people on the roster. You're like, man, I wish they'd get a run with the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, I'm just hoping that Finn doesn't get kind of lost in the shuffle of the upper mid card as he has for years seemingly and, and not get another title run. I mean, it, it is funny. I, in my opinion, I think you could consider his character as being so drastically different than what we had before that it's kind of a clean slate situation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but no, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, look at Raw. You got Seth. You got is Kevin Owens technically raw? He's raw. Yeah. And Sammy was SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Seth. You got Kevin Owens. You got Bobby uh, Lashley. You got Bobby Lashley. You got Finn. You got Finn. Uh, you might have Jay White coming up here soon. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Is the OC the OC's there? So AJ's always AJ uh, when he comes back. I mean, you Edge know Austin, might want to do that last thing, but he did yeah. get stacked at WrestleMania. Um, you, you know, Austin Theory if he beats Cena is going to be at what? Yeah. Top title opportunity, and then on Raw you got Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, you still have Cody there. Yeah, so it might be a while. And right now they're going through this thing where they like really long title runs. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I feel like when Cody wins, unless he gets hurt, he's gonna have that belt for a while. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. So uh, Judgment Day probably needs to move to SmackDown. Which, if Rhea wins the title, it's probably gonna happen. It's a big possibility there. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, got a question here from Shavon. Says, "What do you guys think will be the best way to call up Carmelo Hayes, the mid card guy in the Hurt business?" Or have him be the new leader of Hit Row. Oh no, no, no! The last one, no. Keep him far away from Hit Row. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. Yeah, no. Um, I there was that picture that MVP oh, put great. out Gosh, of Carmelo so MVP Street Profits and a Moss. That was so good. Now I, I would not want them to call it the Hurt Business because there's nobody there besides MVP. That's Hurt mm-hmm. Business. Mm-hmm. Start up a new faction. How about MVP starts up that faction and maybe maybe uh, Bobby Lashley gets back together with those with the with the hurt business guys on his own. But I would love him to come in and be the centerpiece, the main mm-hmm. event guy mm-hmm. of uh, of of an, a new MVP faction. I think that'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be great agreed. with a moss there. I can't there. disagree yeah. with any of that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, Carmelo Hayes is 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 a, a foundational piece. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. if he gets called up, when he gets called to main roster, he's got to be booked as such. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody in Hit Row. Um, they're just not booked as anybody that you, you as, they're not booked as serious contenders in the ring. Right. And yeah. They lose. They lose all the time. Mm-hmm. Hit Row always loses when they're mm-hmm. on TV, which is very often. Yeah. And it's a bummer because there's a lot of potential, I think, with Hit Row to, to do way more than they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the perception the audience has is that Hit Row is going to lose. If you have Carmelo join them, the perception that they're going to might have immediately Carmelo Hayes is, well, he's going to lose too. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that for Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. No. He's got to come in. Could you, I mean, look, imagine the impact of him coming in and being the centerpiece of a group that includes the Street Profits, who've been around mm-hmm. forever, very mm-hmm. decorated. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got some fun stuff there if Montez does want to split off. Uh, you know, there might be some some tension. It's always fun when it's like inner group tension. Um, and then like, you know, the big man Amos yep. and MVP. I mean, dude, come in as a centerpiece yeah, no. figure. You know, he, he debuts, that, wins money of the bank or something like that. Right, exactly. Know? Yeah. A huge splash. Something that, that will will get people talking. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's what you gotta do with Carmelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Foster asks, "What's something that Vince did better than Triple H?" There has to be something. <sighs> so the prob the problem with this is sort of what I just said uh, a little bit earlier, and that's Triple H isn't reinventing anything. He's not reinventing the wheel here. He learned everything from Vince McMahon, and. He's just a more, I don't know, he's seemingly Triple H is a bit more in touch, and that might be because he has a willingness to listen to younger people. I mean, that's what Paul Heyman literally said. Um, 
he's got a sh- obviously a sharp mind. Vince McMahon was declining, you know, over the past couple of years. It was clear there'd be rematch after rematch after rematch. And there was a depth problem because you get the same people over and over again. So that's why he brought in people like Hit Row. That's why he brought in, you know, a, a bunch of the other names, Emma and stuff. Um, and so it's not like he's doing stuff much different in general than what Vince McMahon was doing. He's just doing it a lot better because he's sharper and younger and not so stuck in his own ways. He seemingly wants to do what's best for the story and the characters. And Vince wanted to do what's best for what he thought the characters were. Yeah. Speaking of characters. So the, the record isn't great for Vince developing characters. Actually, arguably pretty bad, but lately, there was, yeah, like over the past ten years, yeah. Well, then also like in the, in the early nineties, everybody had a vocational gimmick for some reason. But in terms of developing characters that stood out, yeah, for the right or wrong reasons, mm-hmm. Vince could do that. And the criticism I've had of Triple H booking, I haven't noticed it so much on main roster, but in NXT, it was that everybody, from a character standpoint, everybody kind of just blended together they're all badasses who love to fight in NXT. yeah 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 you know yeah. and 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 when nxt had that sea change with 2.0 it seemed like they took the philosophy more in line with vince's thinking which is we need huge characters mm-hmm. characters 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 first and foremost mm-hmm. and again it's, the results aren't always great mm-hmm. but it seems vince's perspective on valuing character maybe above all else is something that maybe he did better than Triple H. Well, no, dude, on, you got a good point because look at, you know, NXT is doing, like, NXT, creatively speaking, they've got some decent stuff going on right yeah. now. There's something to be said for the wide variety of characters that you have in NXT, and now they're all developing chemistry and the ratio of just really good wrestlers um, who have characters. Uh, they're not afraid to be tongue-in-cheek. They're not afraid to be a little bit on the meta side. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's starting to work out creatively speaking. NXT is a lot more fun now than it was it a year ago. I mean, a year ago, it was kind of hard to watch. Um, yeah, there's that. Uh, you I know, feel like that, so was, that was really pushing to find anything that Vince did better. Than no, I think it's a solid point. Um, I don't know. You look back at like the, you know, the, the territories that Vince scooped up. Mm-hmm. He did have an, he had an eye for talent. Oh, yeah. Like he knew who to choose. You know, I'm not saying Triple H do- doesn't. But, I mean, he really did build WWF with the best of the best, and he knew who the best of the best would be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's going back 40 years, but yeah, still, that is. That is. that's something. That is. Uh, Jonathan Vieira asks, what's LA Knight's ceiling? So here at Going In Raw, there is no ceiling. No ceiling. It's, he's ceiling free. Yes. The, the sky is the limit. There. I mean, even the sky is, is not a limit. Even the sky is an incel who doesn't have the, the Kavorka of L.A. Knight. You know, other galaxies. That might be the limit. The multiverse, perhaps. Perhaps. But in that case, you're just dealing with other L.A. Knights. Um, I think, honestly speaking, his ceiling is probably like Intercontinental U.S. champion. That's probably what his actual ceiling is. Because of what you said, the roster's deep. Mm-hmm. It's really deep. But at the same time, <laughs> when you try to realistically think of dude it, I'll put it this way right now the way I see it probably mid card if he continues to get himself over the way he does if he is allowed to do that if you extrapolate that out to its logical conclusion it might actually be a split title top title guy not saying undisputed guy but I'm saying WWE or universal champion if the crowd just will completely get behind him, I think that's a possibility. I wouldn't, you know, I never saw that. I didn't really see that as a possibility for Cody, but I think it might happen. Um, and they're completely different people. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. El- I've said for a long time that wherever L.A. Knight, Eli Drake goes, he gets himself over. Yeah. Whether that's yeah. the intention to hit. Like, he seemed like he was he was in NXT for depth. Mm-hmm. He was a good mm-hmm. hand. That was supposed mm-hmm. to be his role in NXT, and he got himself over. Yeah, wherever he goes, he gets himself over. Um, and yeah, you're right. If if the crowd continues to get behind him, and there's this wave uh, that leads LA Knight up the card, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you look at it 
you know, as objectively as possible, mm-hmm. you think, yeah, mid card champion. That's probably the ceiling. Could but you? Yeah. If he for, sorry, if he forges continues this, to forge this connection with the crowd, yeah, that it's deafening every time he comes out with, yeah, yeah. He's, I know. Let me talk to you. Every single person in the arena, every single show is is doing that. Yeah. You know that's 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 something, and you can't that's ignore powerful. that. It is powerful. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine if he wins Money in the Bank, and you have <laughs> imagine you have he wins Money in the Bank, and you've got Cody as champion, and they split yeah. the titles. Yeah. Let's say he's lost one of them. He's WWE champion. Let's on say the uh, I don't know Drew McIntyre has no. It he's on, on SmackDown. Sorry, yeah. Who, who's on SmackDown? Drew. 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 Yeah. Drew's Drew. not believable because he's too big. <laughs> I'm always shocked when he loses anything. Um but uh, let's say uh, who on Raw, like Finn Balor. Let's say Finn Balor has it on Raw. All right. By the time, I don't know, November, end of the year rolls around. LA Knight wins Money in the Bank in, in June. Could you imagine, especially if Judgment Day keeps on building this heat, but they're still like, oh, man, you know, they're, they're bad guys. Could you imagine LA Knight when his number one, he's got an all-time, like, entrance yeah. bumper. You know, that yeah. sting. When it happens, L.A. night, and it kicks in, dude, that stuff. Yeah. That crowd will explode if he catches it on somebody. I know. It really will. Like, it's really by, will, between yeah. now and the end of the year, he's going to be hot. Yeah. And he doesn't have Vince sitting there holding him back because he thinks it's just the yeah, because it's yeah. not. Yeah. People like to see L.A. night, man. I know. I know. Uh, Jen 1980 asks, once MJF's title reign comes to an end, can you see, can you guys see him becoming, uh, being able, sorry, I can't read, to keep his top spot without a bit of a change up? So say he holds that title till the end of the year, as we expect, you know, maybe they do a story with him having the belt going into the bidding war of 2024, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether as you suspect, he may have already signed the extension or not. Um, if he drops the belt, well, here's the thing. If he drops the belt and goes to WWE, he ain't changing anything. He's going to keep just, the same MJF formula, just going to WWE instead of AEW. Yeah. So we'll have to tone it down a little bit, but yeah, it's not going to be a different persona. The essence of MJF will remain mm-hmm, the same. Yeah. If he stays in AEW, I don't know if, if they're going to use the, the title loss as a, as a means to pivot his character in a different direction. I at, at, at its core, MJF will always be MJF. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. at, at the core of the character is going to be the same. As we saw when he was kind of teasing the babyface run when he was feuding with Mox, that's what babyface MJF would look like. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. I don't yeah. think it'd be drastically different. It would It would just be, you know, a, a, a slight uh, a, a deviation in terms of how he delivers promos, essentially. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a huge difference. I think yeah. what makes MJF MJF is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, he's not going to do a full on repackage at any point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. But I think it'd be I think we're going to see repackaging the way Jericho repackaged how at the essence Jericho there. I mean, with some variation at his essence, Jericho was always Jericho. It was just different takes on the Jericho character. I think that's what we'll get from MJF, because I think MJF is probably, you know, close with Jericho and he probably understands he's only like, what, 25, 26 years old. Yeah, he's pretty young. He's gonna have to change it up, um, and and you can do that without losing the essence of your character. Um, but I th- I think that you know in order to remain fresh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have to. Uh, that's that's for anybody. I mean, especially got it. You know he'll 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 you know freshen up the way sort of like Randy Orton has freshened up yeah. over the years. Nothing drastic. The essence of Randy Orton is still there, but when he's interesting, it's because he changes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Frozen Tape says, do you ever see Dominic Mysterio being a top guy? He says, I feel like if he improves his in-ring style, he could be a star. Could Dom ever be a top guy? Um, it depends on it, how much he takes from... Uh, ex-con Dom, this character, mm-hmm. and translates that into whatever's next for him. Because mm-hmm. Dom, as member of Judgment Day, is, is probably not going to be a top guy, right? Um, 
but if he has learned from his time as uh, ex-con Dom, takes what worked, uh, does more of that, takes what doesn't work, maybe got rid of that, uh, sharpened up his 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 in-ring work a bit, mm-hmm. um, and found a way to infuse his in-ring work with his character a bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, so it doesn't seem like here's a guy going out there and doing moves, but there's a story being told because this character is wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's young still. He's in his early 20s. He's 25, yeah. Um, mid-20s. To see the growth of his character from the heel turn to now has been pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And if he can keep it up, I mean, I'm never yeah. going to say no. And, and given the right story and the right circumstance, there's a, like most people in WWE can be top of the card performers because they're all really good. They're all really good, yeah. So I, I would never discount anybody mm-hmm. from, from from being a top guy. But, um, you know, he's young. He still has a lot to learn. He's learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Just kind of remains to be seen. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's too early to tell. I think I think the potential is clearly there, um, as we've seen. If you asked me before, you know, his Judgment Day stuff, I'd say like I don't see it. But he has shown me a lot in the mm-hmm. ju- with the Judgment Day stuff. If you continue to keep him around interesting people and he's doing interesting things, I think he's got. I think he has it in him. I think he's got the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not we'll ever see it, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the ingredients are there, you know, it's just, I think it'll take a lot to unlock top guy potential. Yeah. I think this is, this is silly, but I think he probably physically wants to muscle up a little bit because that's just WWE stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, I love his work right now. He's only getting better every time he's on the mic. Um, he elicits real crowd reactions. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think it's possible. I I see like you know if you look at other guys that aren't you know close to being top guys, like for example Montez Ford, right? Yeah, you see it. Oh yeah, you can see it. So I would give a guy like Montez the leg up to oh, be yeah. a top guy within oh, five yeah. years more than Dom Mysterio. Um, but uh, or even you know obviously like an Austin Theory who's around the same age as Dom. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Dom is a more interesting character than Austin Theory. Oh, absolutely, sure. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. way more going on with with Dom as opposed to Austin Theory. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of the storyline with John Cena. Yeah, this this deadbeat dad stuff is absolutely fantastic for oh, him. It really it's it great. really unlocks some stuff. Yeah. Heel that makes good points is one of the most surefire ways to make yourself absolutely. an interesting character. Absolutely, a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, we got one more question here before we hit the lightning round. Blake Whitehouse says, with all the wrestling news that happens daily, what do you do to determine what makes the cut in the podcast? He says, for example, why did you not talk about Jerry Lawler being hospitalized a few weeks ago? So um, one thing we try to do is stick with stories that have a bearing on the world of wrestling now. And uh, we don't endeavor to talk about everything because not everything needs our comment. Does Jerry Lawler going into the hospital need us to talk about it? No, not really, because it, it, it doesn't really affect what's happening in wrestling now. Obviously, you know, even though uh, there are aspects of Lawler you know, in his commentary or whatever that I take issue with, obviously I want him to, to not be in the hospital. Obviously I want him to be a healthy, happy individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel it necessary to talk about him going to the hospital. Like, why do you need to hear us talk about that? What significance does it have? What relevance does it have to the world of, of professional well, and also, wrestling? It, you know, it's, a, it's one of those topics that we mentioned the news. And as you just said, you know, wish, wish him the best. And there's not really much conversation to be had. Right. Yeah. Other than reporting the news and like, you know, wishing Lawler the best in, in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what stories make the show, it's generally stuff that we feel like would resonate with our audience. You know, and part of it is the marketing aspect of going in raw. We we'll look at on the thumbnail and the title, what we think people would be interested based on the title and thumbnail that they'll click and watch the video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially for what makes the cut as the top story or two. Yeah, um, it's you know what whatever news of the day that seems to be most on the mind of wrestling fans, and that's what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. We're going to prioritize. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, there means that some stories that might be of interest to us or some portion or audience, but we don't think might be uh, as relevant to a larger audience, 
might not necessarily make make the show on a daily basis, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's why I like. I think we like having the question threads because sometimes people will ask questions about those yeah. news stories, and then we can talk about those then, and 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 and, and cover some of those. And we're always down to do that. Like that, that's why yeah. we have those question threads because it's it's for stuff. If you guys want, um, if you guys want us to, you know, give our thoughts about something specific, then you know, nine times out of ten, if you drop it in the comments or if you drop it in the question thread, you know, uh, we'll answer it. You know, we'll be okay. Well, let's talk about this really quick. But somebody said, "What do you make of Jerry Lawler being in the hospital?" I hope he's doing well. You know, I yeah. don't know what else you want me yeah. to say? Yeah, sorry to hear um, he's, not, he, he's in the hospital. Hope he does well. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things. There are certain things like, for example, we didn't really talk about recently. Um, John Cena had some some mm. words to say about that. He was asked about Vince McMahon. Yeah. And, and, and his quote was, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Underwhelming. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. And uh, there's some topics I just, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really feel like talking about, uh, but uh and so I won't unless I'm asked about it, in which case yeah. I'll give you my opinion. Um, but uh, but yeah, like when it comes to, you know, the personal lives of wrestlers, oftentimes we don't really dive into that. So-and-so broke up with so-and-so. Okay, well, yeah. does that affect the, what we see on the screen yeah, in pro wrestling? Yeah, unless it affects what's on, what's on the screen in, in the wrestling ring. Right, yeah, yeah. we're not... We're not we're not wrestling news now who just seems to make up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like Rhea Ripley and Dominic actually having a relationship. But now apparently Dominic is uh, moving on to Charlotte Flair. Oh, because, because what he said to her on SmackDown. Because huh? during the promo, according to wrestling news now, you could see that they were making eyes at each other. Oh, wow. They were, they were madly in love. Wow. Yeah. All the tea over that wrestling news now. Oh, my goodness. Apparently. All right, let's rapid fire lightning round some of these questions. What do you say? I think that's a great idea. I'm on the YouTube. Are you on the Patreon? I'm on the Patreon, yes. Okay. Uh, Zyshawn Moore, how long do you think it is until the Judgment Day is draped in gold? That means all of it. Mid-card, top title, tag titles, oh, women's title. I don't know title. if it ever happens. Don't think it ever happens either. Uh, uh, JR Jr., what's a piece of wrestling memorabilia you'd love to own? Oh, if it's anything? Yeah. I don't know, like fucking Bruno, Bruno's title, one of his titles. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, winged, eagle, winged Eagle title. Stone Cold's uh, Broken Skull one. Or the oh, the Smoking Skull. Smoking Skull, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Benoit Richer says, when do you think Athena will join the outcasts? I think it's a possibility. I don't know when, yeah, but I, I think, think it's, it's a possibility. It's, it's something they should definitely do. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Definitely do. Imagine if, if uh, uh, the Garcia twins, formerly the Bella twins, yeah. make their way to AEW to join the outcasts. I mean, if they start expanding that story... That'd be pretty yeah. neat. No, I agree. And it leads to war games. Yeah. It'd be good. Or blood and guts. Yeah, they blood they and guts. Yeah. Uh, Stan asks, can you think of any wrestlers with relatively long careers who are only a face or heel? I mean, Cena comes to mind because, you know, once he turned face, he was face. Yeah. Wait, what was the question? Can you think of wrestlers with relatively long careers who were only face or heel? Stan mentions uh, uh, Steamboat. Okay, yeah, so yeah I think yeah, Steamboat yeah, was only yeah. a babyface. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cena's kind of the thing. God, I don't know. RVD, Diehard Homer says RVD. I think Some he, people. I think he went back and forth. I think there Die was Hard a bad. Homer's, I think there was a bad RVD. Yeah, Diehard Homer says Ray. I think Ray, for the most part, since he went, out, you know, once he went to WB, was has been ba- a babyface. Jeff Hardy. Was Jeff ever a bad guy? If he was, I don't it remember if very, well, I mean, very effective. I mean, I, I kind of feel like Itchweed kind of transcends faces or heels, you know? Itchweed and Jeff Hardy are the same guy. Yeah. Scott Martin says, put together a jobber faction you think would get over. Um, jobbers. Jobbers. Who are jobbers anymore? Hit row. They're not over. Mm-mm. Um. Although I st- I do think okay, you take a, a top dollar out of there. I think top dollar's got it. I just yeah. think that Hit Row ain't like him. I don't think that I don't think that like really plays to who he really is as an individual. I just don't like. He seems whenever I see him in anything that isn't WWE, 
he always seems like a fairly charming guy, and a hit yeah. row just, just doesn't unlock that for him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maximum male model. It's already done. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Addis Davis Jr. says, who are people in NXT that need to be called up? We actually have. I'm going to push on that one because we did that on an overrun a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm putting together like an audio cut of that that mm-hmm. I want to hand to Rob and be like, hey, can you turn oh, this into something? Oh, that's a yeah, for like a like a produce thing. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. far the audio is really good. Like I've cut out all of our uhs and, uh, and pauses and uh, stuff. Yeah, and it flows really, really well. Oh, that's so good. yeah, yeah it might be that. the template for something new. There we go. There we go. Uh, Luis Ariza asks, push one, Ring of Honor one, and fire one. You got Eddie Kingston, you got Andrade, and you got the Redeemer Miro. Push is Eddie Ring of Honor Miro, and then what's the other one? Release one. Yeah. Andrade, he can go to WWE. Um, you push Miro. Sorry, your Ring of Honor, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, they've already done that. I never get to see Eddie Kingston anymore. Well, he's got to watch Ring of Honor. And yeah, he fire Andrade. I'm sorry. I like Andrade a lot. but Oh, yeah, but he's going to go to WWE. Yeah, I know. Or or AAA. This one, I want Miro on my TV again. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, hey, get rid of Miro. He'll go to WWE. Ring of, ah, no, that's it. That's it. You release Miro. He goes to WWE. You get to see him on TV. You push Eddie Kingston, and then you, you Ring of Honor Andrade. But I want I want the Redeemer Miro. I don't know if they're going to have him do that in WWE. I want, oh, he'll be Triple Rusev H again. Triple H loves the Redeemer. He'll be Rusev again. No way, man. Triple H loves the Redeemer. Uh, High Plains Drifter asks, is Tony Khan writing all these new shows and TV as well? If so, who out there? Not working for another company could help him write. Freddie Prince Jr. I know he's trying to build up his own promotion, but if, trying to do if, his own thing. if that doesn't happen, if that falls through. There ain't enough. There's not there's there's not enough like cable TV wrestlers out there for another promotion. There's not enough cable TV out there for a promotion. Yeah, I know. I don't know what he's gonna do with that. I know. I mean MLW is a relatively established promotion and they seem to be bouncing around their TV distribution all over the place. They're like right on Vice for two weeks. If Emma was like reels now, yes, reels, yeah. But and there's that's an issue going away. They're on Peacock, yeah, yeah. That's going away. Yeah, no, that, no. If MLW can't do it, nobody because MLW is pretty good. Yeah, and they got some good they, talent there. Some really they good can't talent. do it if they can't do it. Nobody's. Well, I guess do the it. idea of based on what Freddie was saying that he was trying to get like names. Although one of the names he wanted was Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross, I like Carrying well enough, but as a performer. But I don't know if that's a name you could attach to a, a, a burgeoning wrestling property and be like, TV deal, please. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we got this last one here from Nikhil. It's about NXT, and I haven't finished the whole thing, so I don't know if how much I can comment on it. But uh, he says, when we saw Grace, oh, sorry, when he saw Grace and Waller in his house in kayfabe, why didn't Johnny Gargano call the police? That's not how people work things out in the pro wrestling business. No. They handle the yeah. business themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I if I, if, if there's an intruder in my house. Yeah, I'd call nine one one probably before I pick up my baseball bat. Probably, I'll do the same at the same time. But I don't know. I might just I might just barricade me and my family in. You know, you don't want it. What if the hap? What if they have a gun and they shoot you? Yeah. You know, you yeah. want to barricade yourself into, and then hopefully nine one one gets there at first. But otherwise, you get out the baseball bat and the knife. I got a machete. Even better. It's like a baseball bat knife. And a knife, I know. <laughs> it's all in one. <laughs> that's good. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for Ask Going and Raw. Thanks, everybody, for all your great questions. We appreciate it. Yeah, you can ask questions here at Ask Going and Raw. Hit up the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at $5 and up. Or click join there on the YouTube uh, to become a YouTube channel member. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 